Good evening, ladies and marks. You are tuned in to the Standards of Greatness podcast. And now the host of the show, the wrestling god, Evan Jones, and the Alpha Angel, Brian Mead. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Standards of Greatness podcast. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Alpha Angel here. I'm here with my buddy, Evan Jones. Evan, Evan, I have very exciting news. Exciting news? Tell us. I... I am the W. I'm the number one contender to the WWE Intercontinental Championship. What? Okay, you didn't. You didn't hear about this. Apparently, all you have to do to get to become number one contender for a title belt now is just declare it. That's what I realized watching uh, Raw this week. So I am your number one contender to the Intercontinental Title. Man, I'm gonna be an awesome Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. The Alpha Angel Intercontinental Challenge. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so wrestling this week's been kind of an interesting subject. It's been a little all over the place. We've had drama, we've had high points, low points. Um, you know, it, it's been an interesting time in the wrestling business. Um, we're going to dive right into wrestling news. Um, the Perhaps the biggest story of the week. Uh, John Moxley checks himself into inpatient rehab. Um, this was announced by Tony Khan on Twitter last night. Uh, good for, good for him. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, a lot of people I know are are just going to probably down on Mox for, you know, having a substance abuse issue, but in all reality, it, it takes a lot to recognize a problem that you have and to go and try and get help and, John Moxley, uh, if anything, he's shown very much lately that he's a family man and uh, going to go do the right things for his family, even if it means putting his story on hold. So good for him. Yeah, I, without a doubt, completely support this. Uh, we wish him and Renee and their beautiful baby girl all the best. Um, you know, alcoholism's a, a personal subject to me. It's what... You know, I lost my father, too, so, you know, I hope for John's sake and for his family's sake that, you know, he can beat this, and I'm confident he will. Yeah, um, unfortunately, John Moxley, not the only uh, superstar finding his way into a, uh, a medical facility and looking to beat something this last week. Um, friend of the show, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the legendary one himself uh, coming out and announcing that um, he has cancer. Yeah, he uh, Hacksaw had emergency surgery this past week. He's back home recovering. Um, we don't know much more beyond that. His wife, uh, we met them at the comedy show back in 2020. Uh, very She's friendly so- people. She's an amazing woman. He's an amazing person. Um we wish him a speedy recovery. Um, we hate to see this kind of thing. You know, it's a hashtag fuck cancer for a reason. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Moving on in wrestling. Well, Hacksaw, if, you, if you're out there, if you're listening, toss that toss that cancer right over the top rope. You were the original Rumble winner. You're going to beat this man. Oh! oh. All righty. Okay, Mo- there we go. <laughs> Moving on in wrestling news. Um... It was recently revealed today that Kyle O'Reilly's contract ends at the end of next month. Um, I 
watched NXT 2.0, unfortunately, earlier today, and I, I wish I would have just soldered my eyes shut instead I'm, of watching that. I'm, I'm so sorry. Why, why do you punish yourself like this? I just like wrestling, man. No, I need no, my wrestling. That is, Evan, Evan, that is not wrestling. That That is an abomination. I that, try. Even, that's not even sports entertainment. That's There's nothing. You know what? You know what? I say starting right now, we just, until until they make NXT watchable again, we just cut it, man. Just cut it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, that show was trash, uh, and we're not going to be covering it until they're making it watchable in any any way. Uh, I'm not going to reward the WWE with my with my views. Um, you know, if it's relevant news, like if a talent's leaving or something like that, we'll cover it. Um, Kyle O'Reilly, for instance, is on NXT. Um, they've got him paired with a giant man, and he gets his ass kicked, basically. Uh, I, for one, hope that he leaves, joins AEW, and reforms uh, Redragon with Bobby Fish. Man, there's there's going to be this whole wave of, of guys showing up in AEW in 2022. And I, I think it could be a really cool opportunity to get some of these guys who we were like, imagine, see... I, and I understand where where you're coming from, you know, putting back together teams that have been together in the past. But I could almost see something like Kyle O'Reilly, Kevin Steen, uh, you know, maybe a couple other guys whose contract. Oh, God, wouldn't it be amazing if Johnny Gargano, uh, Sami Zayn, maybe? Exactly, like those four. Send those four over to fight the elite, and yeah. then get me a big, big tub of popcorn. That could be good. Uh, I've seen rumors that it could just be uh, Adam Cole with Redragon versus uh, Kenny and the Bucks. You know, that could be an interesting dynamic. Um, you know, full gear, we're, we're going to give our uh, our picks for full gear as we get closer. Um, we'll probably have a little point system and see if I can repeat as a pay-per-view winner. <laughs> well, uh, let's not forget, buddy, we are 1-1 one one right now. I'm not counting Crown Jewel. You gotta count Crown Jewel for something. Yeah, a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, there were some good matches in Crown Jewel. There I were. Mean, none of them were relevant, but that's my problem. It's like, I just—if it's not relevant to what's actually going on, why should I care? Then again, that's kind of my my feelings towards WWE in general. Sometimes, if it's not relevant, why the fuck should I care? The WWE doesn't stay relevant to itself. True. And that's that's the biggest problem. Oh, oh, they book as if they had dementia. <laughs> oh my god, wonder, that makes so much I sense. I wonder if somebody high up there might. Oh have my god, the dementia. Oh my god, it, it makes so much more sense now. Um. Yeah, uh, moving on, uh, ROH parent company Sinclair Broadcasting. Uh, they own the local uh, news stations here in uh, Michigan uh, and across a large portion of the uh, Midwest. Um, released their third third quarter fi- um, financials today. They are currently $12 million in debt, and this is believed to be the factor behind the ROH mass release. Um, they have since... <laughs> 
since the the mass release announced that they're going to restructure the show, there won't be wrestlers under contract, and it'll be mostly indie wrestlers doing a, a event by event kind of thing. It's it's actually really humorous to me. Um, Sinclair has no shortage of um, ability to put a television product out there. And if anything right now, we're seeing a resurgence in uh, professional wrestling. ROH had a really good name uh, to trade on and really easily could have been. I mean, with the way that All In went down, ROH, if they would have been a little bit smarter, we've kind of, you've joked about this on the podcast before. If ROH had been a little bit smarter about what they were doing when they produced All In, there wouldn't be an AEW right now. It would be a WWE versus ROH situation. There is a there is another uh, another universe, another universe in the multiverse of, of of the world where ROH and WWE are the two top federations in the world right now. What if it's such good shit? Such good shit. <laughs> the Watcher has massive grapefruits. Way he bodied Ultron. It was big, sweaty men. <laughs> oh god, I love. I, I know this isn't has nothing to do with wrestling, but man, I, I love the MCU, dude. Like, I would almost be willing to do another podcast just about like the MCU. Like, we could talk about Spider Man and crap. Oh, I I would be down for that. Maybe that's something we we expand into the HKW Productions Empire. Oh, there we go. I, I would be I would be totally down for that. Alrighty, um, AEW is bringing back the Battle of the Belts, a fun throwback to the 1980s, 70s and 80s with uh, NWA and CFW. Um, gonna be interesting to see how they run it, no details have been revealed. Um, I'm always excited for new things in wrestling, I'm always willing to try something once, uh, as long as it's not like a Red Hell in a Cell match or Katie Vick. Or the Brawl for All. I'd be more somebody, down for that than the Katie Vick thing. Had, somebody should have had a little bit more common sense. Like, hey, these guys already get concussions. Maybe we don't punch each other in the head for real. Yeah. 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 Uh, the final bit of wrestling news. Bray Wyatt's been crypt- cryptically tweeting out um, about talking about his story. Uh, it was revealed apparently Vince was not a fan of Wyatt's due to Wyatt voicing how bad booking is in WWE and how the creative process sucks. Good for you, Bray. No, Windham. Windham, I think. There, uh, there were a couple other supposed reasons that were on there. Um, weight issues uh, being one of them. They, they mentioned that he was overly protective of his, uh, his fiend character. There were also some uh, interesting mentions that came out from the, um, the guy who designed the original fiend mask and uh, concept art where apparently uh, there was a point where all the different characters from the Firefly Funhouse were going to be in-ring wrestlers and they had like they uh there's actually art out there you can see of the the husky 
the mask. Yeah, the Huskus Harris character. Huskus Harris. It looked it looked really really good. Honestly, it reminded me a little bit of the the E fighter that we were talking about earlier today. <laughs> um, uh, we'll, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. Yeah. All in due time. All in due time. Uh, um, before we get into the WWE and AEW stuff, a word from our sponsors. Have you been worried that you haven't been able to get that championship win in the bedroom with your lucky lady? Well, now is your chance to send her straight to Mania with Enforced True. Pick up your Enforced True and become an madman, both in the streets and in the sheets. Dominate her and lay her down for the three count with Enforced True and last four times as long as the leading male enhancement product. Pick up your Enforced True today at EnforcedChew.com and use the code Standards of Greatness to get 20% off your next order of Enforced Chew, a Whiskers brand product. And we're back. <laughs> that was such an amazing commercial, man. I, such good shit. Such good shit. Uh, yeah, uh, so I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, Raw was better than SmackDown this week. It's... It, it's it's almost like a weird par like it's like overcompensating. Like you don't expect Raw to be good yeah. anymore. But I actually and, and uh, that's not to say it wasn't without some some big flaws. Yeah, but like Smack- I, I had some, I had a couple of really big issues with it. But in terms of match quality, I was I was really really happy. Yeah, uh, SmackDown was just. Honestly, my opinion only had two good points about it. Um, the complete lack of Roman Reigns on it was very puzzling. He's the only good thing going in WWE right now, and they should want him on every show, whether it's just him talking or him beating someone's ass. Like, well, I think that's what really exposed SmackDown this week. Yeah, without Reigns, it kind of shit the bed. And there were always, you know, weeks back in the day when you had, like, an episode of Nitro where Hogan didn't appear, or an episode of Raw where Stone Cold or The Rock wasn't there that week. And it was still viewable, it was still passable, it was still entertaining. You wouldn't remember you it as much. You have to rely on any one, any one wrestler, any one superstar to be the draw of your show. If you can't have a show without that guy, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Uh, as far as the pros, uh, we got to see Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, they changed her name to just Shotzi uh, versus Charlotte Flair. Um, the match was really, really good. Um, Sasha Banks is now a babyface. She does more heel babyface turns than Big Show at this point. Um, at she's, least you can kind of, you know, she usually, she's usually nice, but usually does the, the hair things so you can keep up. I don't know what color we're going with next. I don't want to see Big Show do that. <laughs> Big Show has many hairs. I think he shaves his head. But anyways, I digress. Um, so after the match, Charlotte went over. Um, after the match, um, Sh- Shotzi attacked uh, Sasha, turning heel. Uh, didn't see that coming. I'm excited to see where they go with it. But, you know, I love Shotzi Blackheart. I can't. She she was a really good babyface. 
So where they go, who knows? It's definitely got it reeks of some Bruce Pritchard. What it reeks of is last minute booking. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, okay, I'm not saying that this couldn't end up being a wonderful thing. Could be absolute gold. Okay, in in three weeks, I could just be like most amazing heel ever. Yeah. Best best decision they've ever made. But in the moment, it doesn't feel like it's thought out. It doesn't feel like it's planned out. And I worry that it's just going to be another kind of shock for the moment thing that then that then is forgotten about and not capitalized on, not utilized. I mean, she'll be back to being a babyface in two weeks. You'd- yeah, uh, and then the the other parts, uh, the New Day and the Usos are back to being rivals in an actual feud again. Thank God, because I've never seen that before. Okay. I was I was afraid I was afraid for a second there that we were just going to have to put up with the same old matches that we've seen for the last like what six seven years. But thank God we're getting some fresh matchups. I mean, it's not like. It's not like Xavier Woods has anything to do right now. It's not like he just won a big tournament and wearing a crown has something better he could possibly be doing. Yeah, it's not know. like Kofi Kingston is now a former world champion. It could possibly be moved into a singles career of his own. Could possibly challenge someone like Roman Reigns himself as opposed to his cousins. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <gasps> our first con is also the New Days and the Usos being established again. Um... We've seen this rivalry a million times. I've got no interest in it at this point. Like the matches will be great, don't get me wrong. But uh-huh. like they just broke up all these tag teams. Like what are you doing at this point? Like the, the tag team division in WWE is an absolute fucking joke. And they should be ashamed of themselves for even putting that out there. So you know, I, I, we do this every so. I say this every so often. Ideas for like fixing the situation um, that could be very interesting to watch. If anyone from WWE is listening, I'm going to go ahead and throw you a little bone here. All right, so here's what I would do. First of all, you got the Usos, tag team champions. The the family has been running SmackDown. Usos are bullies. Let them be bullies. Let them go and start bullying superstars. And as they bully the superstars, you can let those bullied superstars come together in a semi-organic way to start creating some new tag teams. Yeah. This this can be an ongoing saga that eventually leads to multiple teams in SmackDown coming together to put an end to this uh, the bloodline. Yeah. The, well, it, what I worry about with the bloodline storyline is that it becomes um, the McMahon Helmsley era on crack. I mean, that's kind of what it is already. Like, it just the only difference is is that it's not connected to the McMahons directly. Well, the other difference is at least back in the McMahon Helmsley era, you still had guys like. Kurt Angle, The Rock, Stone Cold, guys who you believe could still take down Triple H, even if they weren't there right now. Like, even if they were off doing a movie or injured or whatever, 
there was still someone who could take him down. And right now, my problem is I don't see anybody on either show right now that I'm looking at going, you're a believable uh, foil to Roman Reigns. The only person uh, that is consistently on either show that could and has been at that level is Edge. Um, Seth Rollins maybe could, but not in his current gimmick. I don't think Seth Rollins is going to be able to simply because, and I, you know, if you disagree with me, if you're listening to this and disagree with me, by all means, come to the Facebook page and tell me otherwise. But I, I personally hate Seth Rollins as a babyface. To me, he does nothing for me as a babyface. He's like unseasoned chicken. It, it's you're gonna eat it, but you're not gonna be happy about it. Um, as a heel, I love him. Oh yeah, no, he's a fantastic heel. Some people are just really, really good at being heels. Being a good babyface is difficult. I mean, on the right tear, maybe Randy Orton. Maybe, but like, Orton has the same issues as a babyface for me. They had one opportunity to turn him into the next Stone Cold, and that was a few years ago when he was kind of playing an anti-hero role, and then they turned him heel like two weeks later. This has been a systematic issue within WWE for years. It's who could be a foil to Cena. Now it's who could be a foil to Roman Reigns. WWE's problems that they're so fixated on building superstars that they're worried that the superstars are going to transcend the company and go to Hollywood. That's why they won't let yeah, anybody are. get too big. Hate well, to... well, they are all their biggest like that's what's happened. Like Hogan before before, and I want to make sure this is clear to anyone who like is kind of like well, I don't really know. Hogan did not leave WWF for WCW. He left it to go do films. That's right. He was he was courted by Eric Bischoff while on the set to Trouble in Paradise. Like he he was acting. He wasn't wrestling. So Hogan, Rock, Austin. Cena, Austin also, like yeah. They've let Miz do some film work, and they've let a couple other people do it. But, like, you notice they've never let them get bigger. Oh, my gosh, dude. I can't believe it. I'm so upset with us. What? We glossed over the most important news story of the week. What's that? The Miz was eliminated from Dancing with the Stars. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> do fucking better, Brian. Get that garbage off my program. <laughs> it's such good shit. Would rather glue my eyes shut than watch Dancing with the Sharks. No offense to any of the competitors. It's just not my I didn't, I didn't say I watched it. I just said it got eliminated. Oh, well. Boo. Uh, yes, SmackDown, pretty much the rest of the, the show after that was trash. Like, excuse me. Naomi versus Shayna with... Sonya getting involved again. Like, I get what they're doing. They're building her up to, like, eventually get her hands on Sonya. But, like, I just don't care enough about this at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, um, the clusterfuck that was, you know, Corbin and Moss and Nakamura and Boogs. 
Um, I don't know what the fuck they're I, doing. I honestly, when it when it comes to Shinsuke Nakamura, I just feel bad for the dude. Like I mean, he's making uh, bank. Like he moved his family over he's here to Florida. Making bank. Okay, but okay. We're just second. We're talking about guys who like could be a foil to Roman Reigns. Shinsuke Nakamura, if booked correctly, would be, like give me Shinsuke versus Roman. I will eat that up all day long. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is it, Vince won't push people that don't have well-spoken English, and Shinsuke has decent English, but like Vince, you know, has a proven track record of kind of being a racist piece of shit and not, you know. Pushing people the way they should. I'd say I should do fucking better. Vince, do fucking better. That's bad shit. It's bad shit. Small grapefruits. Uh, Raw was actually all right. Uh, Becky versus Bianca kicked off the show. That was. It had a really good protected finish. It kept Bianca looking. Okay, it kept Becky looking, you know, cunning. Um, my concern with this is, where does Bianca go from this point? Like, are you going to continue this feud? Because if so, eventually Bianca's got to get one over on Becky. All right, I do. I did like this match, and the the finish was. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to down on the finish here, but I am going to bring up a point here. Can you tell me how that match finished? If I, the, if I remember correctly, it was grabbing the tights of the rope, one of the two. It was the the turnbuckle became exposed. Becky smashed Bianca's head into the turnbuckle and then used a roll-up. Oh, God. Oh, no. Not another roll-up. The most devastating fin- finish. It's more devastating than the five the finger poke of doom. And 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 we're gonna come back to this as we go through the show, but that's one. Uh, go ahead. Balor versus Gable. Uh, good technical match. I have, I have no real complaints about that. No, no. Like I said, the, as as far as the in ring competition this week, it was it was it was fun. It was good match. Good matches all around. Like I didn't have any complaints about the in ring work this week. Um. Damian Priest versus T-Bar uh, was a no-DQ match. Um, I'm not sure what they're doing with Damian Priest, if I'm being honest. Because now, he- now I'm hearing it's a split personality gimmick. And th- that sounds like an EFED gimmick. And I think WWE could do better. Well, that that's first I, I've heard that, that one, is you saying that just now. But... Um, I, I agree. Like, the, like I said, the match was awesome. The, the match was great. Some of those, some of those spots, some of those weapon spots were absolutely brutal mm-hmm. to watch. Uh, that that table just exploded. If you didn't get a chance to watch this match, by the way, this is one that I would even say is go back, go back and check it out. It's worth going back and watching. But the um, before the match and and the storyline surrounding the match. With Damian Priest, like I, I just don't, I don't get it. Like if you're, if you're turning heel to become more dominant, then why are you getting worked over the way that you are by a guy you just squashed? Yeah, I, like 
at the same time, at the same time, um, can we call him Dominic? Can we just I call want him? to. As long as it's not. As long as it's not Slapjack, remember to Google that, friend. Uh, <laughs> moving right along. Uh, yeah, and then we had Big E versus Kevin Owens. It was a good I match. Mean, dude, when they when I saw that at the beginning of the show, when I, when when KO came out and he was like, hey, he doesn't want to fight you, I'll fight you. I was just like, all right, sign me up. Let's go. It's too Kevin big. Owens... Versus Biggie, hell yeah. Two big sweaty men, slinging meat as Biggie calls it. You know, um, it was a decent match. Rollins got involved, it kind of carried the storyline. I'm still a little confused as to... Owens has been booked so bad into oblivion that immediately pivoting him into a main event feud with the champion, or like him being like a sub feud, I, I don't get it. It makes zero sense. But I'm all for it. I love Kevin Owens. At least they're trying to um, bring up, you know, like, the whole aspect of, you know, Kevin Owens has, has fucked over every friend he's ever had. Yeah. Starting with Sami Zayn and moving forward. Um, it didn't go well for uh, Jericho. didn't go well for the New Day in the past. And... I like that they're they're at least recognizing some of their own history that they've uh, they've put forward. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Uh, guessing that we get KO versus uh, Seth Rollins next week. Yeah, that's what they said. Would uh, I think towards the end of the broadcast or afterwards on like WWE dot com. Um, honestly, the rest of Raw kind of sucked. Uh, the women's tag match. I, they broke up all these tag teams in the men's and women's division. They've got a hodgepodge pairing for the champions, and now they've got a hodgepodge heel heel team with the Queen of the Ring winner teaming up with Carmella. Where 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 the yeah, fuck the where the fuck was Liv Morgan? Like the most over female you've got in some areas. Like do something with her, you dumb pieces of fucking shit. You know, there's this funny thing that, that keeps happening every uh, every time I see one of these women's segments, where I'm like, I feel like you just need a little a little something extra, and then I'm like, why did you why did you release Ruby Soho again? It makes no sense to me. Another thing that makes no sense to me, and, and I kind of alluded to this, over the course of Raw, three matches... Ended with a roll-up. Ended with a roll-up. I mean, we're not even we're not even using finishers anymore. It's just... Nothing can beat the roll-up finish. Whoever can get that roll-up first is, is going to get the W. That's how, that's how I would just be trying to win matches at this point. <laughs> let's, just, let's just go right into the... To the... The roll up right away. Yeah, shift behind and roll them right up. One, two, three, boom, get out of there. <laughs> uh, Five seconds later, I'm in the back and I'm uh, and I'm I'm having a margarita and enjoying the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, WWE really needs to like change how they're doing things. You know, I I want to believe in them, but at this point, I've lost almost all faith. 
in their ability to competently book talent. Yeah. <laughs> you said it, man. You said it. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, before we go to our AEW section, we're going to take a minute and have a word from our sponsors. He sits in judgment. He stands for the law. Kind of looks like a hero and sounds like your paw. He smiles and he laughs. His voice tinged with gravel. But the bad guys gasp when he bangs his big gavel. Judge Wapner. Judge Wapner. When neighbors brawl, when lovers refute, when suppliers and buyers and liars dispute, Wapner won't let those law books get dusty. Got a buddy named Doug and a sidekick named Rusty. Rusty. With Wapner. Judge Wapner. Doesn't do it from towers, doesn't do it from steeples. He does it in court, a court called People's. Wapner. People's Court. Judge Wapner. Call him your honor. Judge Wapner. Judge Wapner rules on the people's court. Song over. Song over. And we're back. (laughs) I don't know what's going on with these, man. (laughs) They just keep getting kind of a little crazier every time, don't they? A little bit. (laughs) Um... Yeah, AEW Dynamite this past week was back on Wednesday. Uh, we got treated to CM Punk versus Bobby Fish. Um, that match was great. It told, uh, it made Bobby Fish look like a lethal striker, kind of like more calculating, and I liked that. Um, it let Punk tell his story. Um, I am getting to the point, though, where I, I want to see something a little more happen for him. You know, him just wrestling every dude under the sun is eventually going to get old. Um, I think it's already getting old to me. And and the reason is, is because I know how interesting of a talker he can be. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. He's, there's nothing wrong with his entering ability, but on the mic is where he really kills it. Mm-hmm. On, the, on the mic is where I'm actually... okay. Um, if I'm just being honest, his in-ring style was never my personal cup of tea. No, it fine. was never uh, the Muay Thai thing. Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong. Like, I'm not trying to down on it, but like the elbow drop was never as crisp as matches. The, uh, you know, the. The submission package that he used, I never felt was uh, as advantageous as it could have been uh, towards someone of his his body type. But when he's on the mic, it's fucking gold. Mm-hmm. So why don't you have him on the mic with a sto- a, a continuous storyline where he can actually build something with somebody? It just like that part of it. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. Um, we had MJF squash a local guy, and Darby showed back up, uh, dressed as the Invisible Man, had a skateboard <laughs> with thumbtacks, and attacked uh, Wardlow and Sean Spears. Um, good segment. Uh, MJF got to eviscerate, I believe, Boston. On the mic after the match. Uh, I am a little confused by what's going on with the Pinnacle. 
So I don't know what they're doing. I'm going to wait and see. But it seems like they've got them going in multiple fronts. It, it definitely doesn't seem uh, organized. Yeah. I, in terms of the pinnacle. Um, but I've kind of felt that way. And this is, you know, okay. We we get we get knocked for for being you know these pro AEW not you know anti WWE guys. I'm gonna go ahead and give a knock on AEW. Um, so ever since AEW started, I've always felt that there was a problem in terms of the grouping when when we're talking about focus. So I felt like when. I felt like when the focus was on the inner circle, that there wasn't enough uh, focus on the other stables that were that were circling it, um, primarily the dark war. <laughs> yeah, Weird. it almost feels like a lot. There, there, there are too many factions in AEW, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I think they'd be better served doing like two or three factions, maybe four, and then doing more tag teams. They've got four programs to run now. Well, and they don't have a <clears throat> they don't have a set roster uh, for like like there's not like a Raw and SmackDown type roster. It's yeah. not like you're like these guys are strictly on Dynamite. These guys are strictly on Rampage. Um, and if you did, it might make it a little bit easier to to. Do some of that story building within the groups, but I agree with you. I think that it would be. I think it's honestly a situation of I'd rather have larger groups and less of them. Um, you know, if if there was a, and I'm not saying that this is the right answer, but like if you were to merge the Pinnacle and the Dark Order, or if you were to merge the Inner Circle and the Elite, or something like that. At least then, everybody can kind of get that. Like, when the NWO, you had it's this huge group, but at least you had 15 guys in the ring all at once who were all getting their TV time. Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely understand the logic behind that. Um, I don't think they'll do that. Um, oh, no, I don't either. We saw a fantastic match between Sammy Guevara and Ethan Page. Um... This feud between Inner Circle and American Top Team is going to new and interesting heights. Uh, I'm still not a big believer in it, but uh, Jericho making fun of Paige Van Sant and uh, Dan Lambert, I'm there for all day long. Yeah, I hate saying it because he may be my... He's up there amongst my favorite wrestlers of all time. But God, do I feel like Chris Jericho is just lost in the shuffle right now. No, I, I can definitely see that. Um, I kind of think that the inner circles kind of wore its, its welcome out. I think, yeah. I think they need to break them up. I think... Um I think you need to take the guys in the inner circle who haven't really um, really captured what, what you kind of thought they would, and you need to do something with them. 
right now. Uh, Hagar specifically. Hagar and then Santana and Ortiz, you know, give them a, a viable reason to... I And, you know, I can actually see them versus uh, FDR. Yeah. As a really good program. Especially for the triple yeah. AAA Tag Team Championships. Exactly. I can see that being really, really good. Uh, Just throwing that out there, Tony Khan. I know you're a, I know you're a, you're a listener to the podcast. I know you love the show. You're a friend of the pod. It's huge. Such good shit. Oh, my God. Oh, God, we need that as a button. <laughs> we need that sound so bad. Tremendous shit. It's the biggest shit. I have the biggest shit. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we saw Sheeta versus Serena Deeb. Uh, absolutely great match. I don't think Serena Deeb can have a bad match at this point. Like her, She, she th- kind of reminds me of a female Bret Hart. No, she's she's great in the ring. Um, just period. And it's like I really don't have anything else to say. She's great in the ring. Sheeta uh, ended up picking up the win and getting her fiftieth victory. Um, yeah, just a yeah. Qu- a quality match. Did you look at that WWE? A quality match. Quality women's match. Oh, something I wanted to touch on. So. Just it, forgot about it in our, our talk in our notes. Um, the Queen of the Ring tournament, we, we said, lasted roughly 19 minutes and 34 seconds uh-huh, total. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Through the first two matches of the TBS Women's Championship mat tournament, we've had 19 minutes and I think 36 seconds or 34 seconds or 37 seconds. I, I, let me blow your mind for a second. Go back to Raw this week, man. They gave almost 10 minutes to the women for that tag team match. What? What? I know. that You gave you gave half a Queen of the Ring tournament to a throwaway tag team match? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, yeah, it... You know, it's an interesting thing in terms of, like, what they're doing, but like, I just can't get behind how they're treating the women in WWE. I know it's a little bit of a tangent, but this this reminded me of it. Um, then in the main event, or the main and uh, co-main, we had Moxley versus um, Ten. Uh, it was pretty obvious to to us. It's a squash match. Um, but with Moxley entering rehab, who faces Orange Cassidy next? Which is on tonight's show. Um, you know, I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but uh, it's going to be good. <laughs> we'll talk more about it next week. Uh, and then, See, I hate, I hate it because you always say that stuff, and you know that I don't I don't go to watch it until tomorrow morning. So I'm going to be sitting here all night going, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we had the Dark Order versus the Elite, uh, quality, you know, eight-man tag, or six-man tag, don't remember specific number. Um, Dark Order went over, uh, it was, it was just good, uh, no complaints there. Um, we saw the Hangman appear as the, 
you know, the, the Puff Man last week. Who are you going to call? Hangman Adam Page! <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see him win the title. I, I really can't. Like, if, if, if he loses, dude... I, I, I don't know. I might have to, to write a strongly worded tweet at, at Tony Khan. Or, or he loses and all of a sudden Kenny Omega shoots to an even higher height as bigger heel. <sighs> I mean, it's possible. I'm not going to like it, but it's possible. Well, okay, the di- at least the difference is you got to compare the two champions. You got Kenny Omega on one side, you got Roman Reigns on the other. On Omega's side, there are a number of realistic contenders to him. Like, even if Paige was to lose, you still go, okay, name name me five guys that you could have be contenders to Kenny Omega. All right, um, well, let's see. We could if, if Adam Cole was to turn, there'd be one. Then there's... Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson, there's CM Punk, MJF. People have been clamoring for him to get a title shot. Moxley could come back and easily get a title shot. Like, there's a number of realistic contenders to um, to Omega. Even guys not in that tournament. I mean, Jericho could still be a contender to Omega. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of options. I think that this has been a long-term storytelling thing uh, for these last two and a half years, and we're going to see it come full circle at full gear. Um, my only con of the entire show for Dynamite, uh, the four-person tag with Malachi Black, Andrade, Cody, and Pac, um, it felt very WWE-ish. Um, <laughs> Cody cutting his promo beforehand, and like... He, I am convinced that he is self-aware and that this is a meta gimmick. If it is, then good on him, man. Because if it is, it's the most meta gimmick since the Straight Edge Society. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Um, for Rampage, we had Dan- Brian Danielson versus uh, uh, Eddie Kingston. They had a really good promo segment the other night. Uh, Kingston went off about his depression, uh, about his battles with that. Uh, Daniel ba- Danielson basically said, I don't care, I'm going to kick your fucking head in. Uh, kind of like this this version of Brian Danielson. Uh, definitely reminds me of the old American Dragon in ROH. Would it, would it, every time that they let Danielson be himself... All, all it is is just reminds me of how watered down product WWE is. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Um, and then afterwards, after Danielson won the match, Eddie Kingston confronted CM Punk backstage. Uh, Punk ended up, you know, they had to be separated by Ruby Soho and like a couple other dudes. Um, yeah. Hopefully, this is the sign of. Uh, Punk's first long-term feud. Uh, I hope. Uh, I mean, I I hate saying this because I'm not trying to down on Eddie Kingston here, but I kind of hoped for a little bit bigger. They they've done a really good job of 
building Eddie Kingston up. Um, I don't think he's a, a main event draw guy, but you know they've managed to get the crowd completely behind him. I could easily see him maybe being the TV champ at some point. Alrighty, uh, moving on, we have Matt Seidel and Dante Martin. They had a really good match. Uh, not Still not sure what Leo Rush is doing. Um, that's kind of been one of my consistent complaints since he's came back. Um, hey, hey, Leo, Leo, Rush is, uh, Leo Rush is an incredible, incredible talent. And, you know, when he's ready to get in the ring, he, he will. And until then, he's got his buddy there, his teammate, to go and do all the heavy lifting for him. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, then we had Britt Baker versus Abaddon in a trick-or-street fight. Um, best part of the show, in my opinion, was Mark Henry's awkward interview beforehand where he asks Abaddon a question, and she just snarls at the camera, and he just no-sells it and keeps keeps talking. Best part of the show. <laughs> you, you can't expect him to be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this match was great. Um... There's another hardcore uh, beatdown. Britt Baker took some thumbtacks to the back. Uh, yeah, I. She I is such. She is such a badass. Yeah. To me, Britt Baker is like the female equivalent of Mick Foley. Yes. Like I, I absolutely love Britt Baker. I have I, I, every match I see of of hers. I literally love her more. She is. She's going to end up in my personal Hall of Fame. Oh, I can definitely see that. Alrighty. Uh, before we get to EFED news, a word from our sponsors. Have you been feeling down, limp, flaccid, boring? Well, it's time to put an end to all of that. Pick up your Enforced Chew today and go from being a Michael Miner in the bedroom to a King Dominator. Make her remember the name as you put her down for the three count. Go the distance. Make her know that you're an Iron Man and pick up your Enforced Chew today. Use the code Standards of Greatness at EnforcedChew.com to get 20% off your next order of Enforced Chew. Enforced Chew, a whiskers bearing product. And we're back. Um, as we announced last week, uh, the EFAT Elite Invitational Tournament. Uh, originally, we were, we aimed for 64 uh, invites sent out. We uh, last week discussed we only had 31. Well, Awkwardly enough, Brian and I both uh, got some responses at the exact time. We made a boo-boo. Made a boo-boo. We made a boo-boo. But, yeah, so instead of 32, there will be 33 people in this tournament because we're not going to tell one person no. It was literally the exact same time. Um, Uh, Yeah, really crazy situation. Um, As we mentioned last week, we're at 31 entrants out of the 32 spots that we had open. Um, Evan and I were each contacted and given a affirmative towards the invitation from someone at the exact same, exact same time. Uh, we both confirmed the invite and then when we let each other know, uh, minutes later, 
we both had a pretty good laugh realizing that we suddenly had gone from 31 to 33. Yep. As a result, there will be a triple threat match in the first round of the EFED Elite Tournament. Yep. Uh, we're going to announce the other 15 names that are participating in the event. Uh, we will also be releasing the brackets tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What? That's today. Oh, I guess that would be today. We, we, we record this on Wednesday. They're oh, going to hear this on Thursday, which means tonight, guys, when you're hearing this tonight, 6 p.m. on the Standards of Greatness brought, uh, on Standards of Greatness Facebook page, the the, uh, the brackets will be up for the Fed Elite Tournament. I'm, yes, I'm uh, and we will also be getting the official rules out sometime, hopefully by the end of this week, if not early next week. Uh, we're going to give everybody a week to look at the brackets, study your enemies, um, get to know one another, get real comfortable. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, but yeah, this is exciting. Um, and hopefully this can be something that we all look forward to every year. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> it, it's, an incredible, it's an incredible group. Yes, Let's and put together. Go ahead, go ahead. Let's list them off. All I'm right, be quiet. Regardless of who wins out of the thirty-three people, you should feel honored to be invited. Uh, and the winner, it is absolutely bragging rights. This, you should slap it right on your Hall of Fame resume. Um, you know, I, I'm already in the Hall of Fame, so it'll still go on there when I win. Wink, wink. <laughs> um. <clears throat> anyways, without further ado, the final fifteen, we have. The final HKW champion, Hollywood Watkins. We have... We have the... I don't want to say the ex-assassin, because last time we saw him, he had some anger management issues and a mask gimmick. But, uh... We'll just say that it's a generic Xander Shaw. Uh, we have... Oh, I, I, I. I, I hope we get the generic Xander Shaw. That's my favorite Xander Shaw, personally. Yeah, uh, Xander Shaw is what I would consider to be the Mick Foley equivalent for HKW. Uh, the faces of Foley. <laughs> uh, then we have the uh, the European sensation. Uh, he's dabbled in some time travel, so he's a little familiar with some of our product. Sander Cool. <laughs> Um, if you, you want to know more about that, you can go to 3Dub and you can read Xander's post. Uh, Ian King, the Scottish warrior, will be entering the event. We've got John Reggins. We've got Gypsy. Glenn Sexton. David Blake Buchanan. We've got the Curb Stomp Messiah, Joe Rivers. We've got Brother Moses. Casey Riddle, my, my boy from first class. Uh, Big Sexy, John May. Uh, Lenore Lynn. Shady Sean McKenzie. And last but certainly not least, Ryan Days. Uh, those are the 33 That's names. That is a hell of a list right there. Uh, the brackets have been determined at random. Uh, so that in all fairness... Uh, it, you know, once they get released, I, I hope everybody enjoys them. I hope you guys get to face some people you've never faced before, and maybe it'll, uh, you know, if it's a friend you haven't seen in a while, you can tear the house down with them. Uh, we'll start probably either the week after or the following week. Uh, two matches a week. 
Make sure to pay attention to the Standards of Greatness podcast page. We will be tagging you in these posts. I I I, I know that uh, in the next couple weeks, none of you are going to like me because I'll be saying a whole bunch of nasty things about each and every one of you as I rip you all asunder on my way to achieve greatness, glory, and and championship prestige. That's an awful big word for, for second now, place. But for, now, but for now, just just know that deep, deep down from the bottom of my hip, I think each of you are absolutely amazing. And uh, I really can't wait to, uh, I really can't wait to do this thing. I, I, I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to be a part of it. That was a really long-winded way to say second place, Brian. Uh, Brian and I are kidding with each other. We, we like to bust each other's balls. Um, moving on, uh, PCW. So, uh, what was that about Chris beating me? You've been waiting all week for this, haven't you? Oh, yeah. You're right, okay, motherfucker. Okay. You know what? Congratulations. Congratulations on uh, a victory over in PCW. Evan was victorious in the Hell in a Cell match over Christopher Chaos and was able to retain the PCW championship. However, I'll be honest, buddy. I don't know how long lived that uh, that victory celebration of yours is going to be because shortly after you, uh, you declared victory, had your hand raised, a, a new... A new uh, contender entered the fray. Yeah. In uh, Mr. Rob Roman. Oh, my brother. Uh, it's good to see you again. Um, yeah, so the following Monday night, Rob uh, popped up during my championship celebration and dropped my ass with a stunner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which, as somebody who has to do a podcast with you every week, I think I owe Rob a beer after that one. I, If anybody owes anybody a beer, it's Chris Chaos and Sanders Shaw for betting on the University of Michigan to beat Michigan State. And that just didn't happen. Don't think I didn't forget, guys. You owe me beers. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's really only one... Uh, football game that I'm still looking forward to, and that's uh, a little Wolverine versus Buckeye action. I think you know what I'm referring to, and exactly who and why. <laughs> coming for you, Hayden. You're coming for that ass. And that sounds like a threat. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rob, Rob appeared uh, the following Monday night and dropped me with a stunner, but uh, I got some payback by the end of the night. So, uh. All things aside, uh, Rob's like a brother to me. I uh, absolutely love working with him. So uh, we're going to try to tear the house down. Uh, PWR, we've had quite the development. Uh, the, riot, the Riot Rumble, uh, I was part of the final ten, but got eliminated by the African sensation, Funake. Um, yeah, yeah, he uh, was hanging on the ropes, and then he bit me. And then uh, that was a PWR man. There's been a lot of craziness going on over there. Oh yeah, uh, we've had Crimson Wolf make his appearance. Uh, you know, uh, longtime fan that you've been of him. Uh, we've known him since he was Rainbow Wolf. 
Uh, well, I can't, I'm, I'm so excited that he is a part of the EFED Elite Tournament. I, I am too. Uh, he, he, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, him and Dylan Mason ha- are, are good friends in real life. So, you know, watching them work their styles throughout the tournament will be very interesting. Um, but yeah, with with Funaki, he gets a championship shot against me this week. Um, if you haven't watched our promos, watch mine. It, I thought mine was really good. And watch his. His is just absolutely fucking hilarious. Like, it's going to be the feud of the week. I'm calling my fucking shot now. Just go watch them. <laughs> uh, but not just that. Uh, we've got T-Money versus Crimson Wolf this week. Uh, that's a match I'm absolutely stoked to see. I've watched their first two videos versus each other, and T-Money always brings his A-game. You, you never know quite what you're going to get. Today, uh, I was fresh off the shower, dropping bombs. Uh, Crimson Wolf, in his uh, red-enveloped church, was just firing back. Uh, we've got ATM defending their tag titles versus F-Bomb. Uh, oh, yeah, ATM! My boys! Yeah, it's going to be exciting. We've got Joe Mega versus Casey Riddle. Uh, Los Putas versus JTO and Pat Legend. Uh, and then we've seen a re-debut uh, of Darken Graves. Uh, yeah, Dark- uh, speaking, speaking of Darken Graves, I'm just going to throw a pause out there, a little time out. I, I, got, I was surprised. I got, I got a little surprised this morning. <laughs> you, my, my friend, you didn't tell me that you were going to be a guest I, on Dark and Gray podcast. I I didn't intend to surprise you or anyone else. Uh, Darken messaged me first thing this morning, and I decided to take him up on the offer to come on and talk wrestling. He fed. We talked about video games. Um, you know, for roughly about two hours. So go and watch that. Um, a lot of people know who Darken is. Uh, I got to share my thoughts on some of the EFED game. Um. Yeah, it's just it was it was a pleasure being on there. Make sure to watch uh, and or listen to Darkens podcasts. Uh, you know he was nice enough to plug ours, so can't really complain about that. I appreciate it, uh, Darken. If you're listening, I had a I had a, I had a, I had a blast listening, man. Well, uh, I I've got something for you. What? He wants to bring you on to tell your story. My story. Well, uh, um. You know what? I have absolutely no problem with that. Uh, Dark and Graves, if you're out there, if you're listening, I have a feeling you are. Have your people call my people. We'll have our people talk about the people things, and uh, we'll arrange that. I'd be more than happy to uh, to come on and, and talk shop with you anytime. Alrighty. Uh, moving on to FTW, we've got... Uh, so I'm in the King's Court Tournament there. Um what exactly is the King's Court Tournament? I think you got to explain this a little bit. Their version of King of the Ring. Um, it's it's been interesting. Uh, I had three different opponents in the same night, and it was interesting. <laughs> um, no, 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 I'll explain it. No, no. Wait, wait. Can you really call it interesting? Is that really fair? Because you know I follow you. I know you follow me. You know so I follow you. So. I'm, I'm using so which, which, which opponent there was the most interesting for you? Um, so the interesting point, now that I'm getting to it. So my first opponent was named Mad Dog. Uh, I don't know what happened. He just quit. Uh, you know, 
uh, I'm going to assume he heard he was facing me and ran like, you know, a little bitch. Um, then there was the second guy named Johnny Rotten that was supposed to face me. I don't know what happened there. Um, maybe it's the same thing. Who knows? Uh, Rotten's actually uh, one I know of. Yeah, uh, I, I was a little surprised. I don't know what all went on there. Um, then there was Bane Toretto, who was my actual final opponent this week. Uh, and he didn't show up. Uh, and I I dragged his name through the mud. Like, pretty bad. I could have went a little harder, but... Uh, yeah, you know, Full Throttle's a great place. Um, I, I wasn't expecting a no-show, uh, but hopefully uh, my next opponent, Vincenzo Cassano, shows up. Uh, I'm looking forward to having some fun. Uh, yeah. Do you mind if I tell a little story? Yeah, go for it. All right. So um, this actually goes back to my very first day working in the business um so my first day i had to do kind of a double had to do double duty we had a a television taping first thing in the morning at uh, the television studios and then in the evening there was going to be uh more of like the um the bigger house show um the main event for the show was supposed to be x-pac versus sabu and i had uh, i had actually gotten how I got into the business in the first place was making a poster for this show. Uh, there's a little bit more to it than that, but I, I was I was I was super psyched to get to see this match. I had already met Sabu earlier in the day, and I was looking forward to getting to meet X Pac, Sean Waltman, and um, and the day came, and uh, Sean Waltman never showed. He no showed. He no showed. The, the show. No show on the promoter. In the end, uh, ended up getting to see uh, Sabu go one-on-one with uh, the alpha male Monty Brown, which was a great match. Don't get me wrong. It was, it was a wonderful match. But it wasn't well, what I was excited for. And more importantly, it wasn't what a whole bunch of people had paid to see. What People paid to see the match. Between Sabu and X-Pac, that was the headliner. That was top of the bill. And he didn't show up. Yeah. He fucked every single one of those people. And anytime, and I don't give a damn if it's, if it's you know, real wrestling or if we're talking E-Fed. Anytime that I see somebody not show up. I lose respect for that person immediately. I feel like it's fucking every, like, it, maybe you'll win, maybe you'll lose, who knows. You know, if it's a storyline fed, hopefully you have somewhere where you're going with this. But uh, if you just no-show, the you're doing yourself a disservice, but you're doing even more of a disservice to the fans of the product. And every single product, whether it was HKW or New or 3-Dub or PWR or PCW, I don't fucking care where every one of these places has people who are fans and you're really fucking your fans and that's a shitty thing to do well that and like you know from my perspective and it's it's a philosophy is if you're gonna no show why are you even part of the the roster like you know 
it's one of those things where it's not just a disservice to you and the fans. You're also fucking your your fellow roster mates over. You're making them look, you know, I don't want to say bad, but like, you know, this kind of thing matters. You know, people have perception. Perception is reality. It's something we preach. And if you're perceived as a person that doesn't show up or is a flake, you're never going to get the opportunities that you want. So if you're flaking and not showing up and then you bitch you're not a champion, you bitch you're not in a, you know, doing well, you're only fucking yourself in that instance then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I know there's a lot of people who, um, when we were doing the HKW thing, that didn't end up getting pushes and things because they didn't show up to the... The smaller moments. Oh, so why down. would we uh, believe you're going to sm- show up to the bigger ones? Exactly, and that's the thing. Full Throttle Wrestling is a great company, and I think that like the owners and the management have their, you know, they've got their plans and they they've got everything set up. But I think it's incredibly disrespectful that all three of these guys did what they did. I don't know two of the three. Actually, I don't know any of the situations, but I personally think you all three should be ashamed of yourself, and you know. Don't expect me to ever willingly verbally put you over, because you're not you're not a good worker. And and if you did a, and if you do have a situation Talk. that comes up, communicate. Like, yeah, I mean, we're all we're all in theory adults here. <laughs> yeah, in theory. All right. Well, our new segment, like we talked about last week, we're gonna get into it. The E Fighter of the Week Spotlight. Um, Brian, why don't you go ahead and go first? Alrighty. Well, you know, um, I, I, I didn't even know where to start, man. There's so many, uh, great feds out there, but I ended up, I was, uh, checking out, uh, our boy, Christopher chaos. Um, and, uh, he has an interesting opponent coming up a little later this week, a gentleman. Well, I don't know if it's fair to call him a gentleman by the name of scabs. This guy is crazy. Coming out with a pig's mask and and a bloodied up, um, uh, like oh, oh my god, dude! It's it's like Mister Pig from 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 the old Batman comics. This guy <laughs> is an absolute psycho. Yeah, and, um, yeah. And, and you know when you when there are so many dark gimmicks out there, to have a dark a darker kind of gimmick and as your gimmick like that that actually feels fresh well, it's is fr- an amazing thing yeah uh chris kind of pointed me in the direction of this guy's work uh last week before they started going at it and you know uh of some of the newer dark character like so before i get onto this tangent um dark characters are perhaps one of the most overtroped, overused things within efed um in comparison to real wrestling um, but, and so many of them are so alike that it becomes monotonous almost to watch, you know, dark character after dark character after dark character. You know, when something comes along like this, or Zelzabar the Clown, or like Crimson Wolf, or like even some of the stuff Mason does, uh, or Dark and Graves even, um, those guys are doing fresh things, they're putting their own twists on it, they're, they're doing things in a way that make you think and make you feel. They're, they're getting you intrigued. And this guy is Scabs. If there was a, a creepy rookie, I don't know if he's a rookie or not, but creepy rookie gimmick award, I would immediately give it to this guy because, you know, I think there's some things he could do to kind of step his game up a little bit in terms of presentation. 
Oh, I absolutely agree. But like, you know, with the right the right presentation, this guy's a star in the making, guaranteed. And if you um, want Go oh, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say if you want to check out where he's at, uh and where Chris Chaos is at, uh Outlaw Wrestling Association. It's ran by Justin Barr. Um, just wanted to plug them for a minute. Um, Scabs, if you hear me, if you're out there, if you're listening, um, if I could offer one piece of advice, it would simply be, um, you know, I'm actually not a big fan a lot of times of filters on, on your promo videos. But for you, my friend, I think a good grainy filter uh, over the top of your promo videos would give you just that little bit of extra oomph to uh, get you over the top and uh, and add that right ambiance that you're trying to go for. Keep it creepy, brother. I uh, I look forward to seeing. Yeah, what you're I'm doing I'm gonna definitely tune in when I when I see his promos for sure. Um, all right. Well, for my pick this week, um, I've been watching a lot of stuff in OEW. Uh, my pick of the week is DJB, Daniel James Baldwin. Um, oh, yeah. Heck, yeah, man. So currently, currently, he's been on a tear through OEW's roster. He's, I want to honestly say it hasn't really been much of a challenge for him up to this point, except for like when he's gone back with Mason, who he's feuding with over the Carnage Championship. He's gone a little bit back and forth with like uh, Dave Barron. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, DJB's also the owner of GFW, uh, one of the longest-running feds in uh, Facebook. It's an interesting fed, and I definitely think everybody should check it out. Our boy Rob Roman is uh, reigning over there for longer than a year at this point, so uh, I, I absolutely enjoy watching DJB's stuff. Uh, watching him and Mason have just they've been tearing the house down. Each video better than the last. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm trying really hard to be good this week, Evan. I'm trying really hard to behave. <laughs> uh, I do want to give an honorable mention to Funaki. Um, like I said earlier, that promo he cut on me, that is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen anyone do on someone, and especially on me. I, I don't think I've laughed that hard in quite a while. I highly recommend... Everybody watch that promo. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get into our topics, a word from our sponsor. Have you been worried that you haven't been able to get that championship win in the bedroom with your lucky lady? Well, now is your chance to send her straight to Mania with Enforce True. Pick up your Enforce True and become a madman, both in the streets and in the sheets. Dominate her and lay her down for the three count with Enforce True and last four times as long as the leading male enhancement product. Pick up your Enforce True today at EnforceChew.com and use the code Standards of Greatness to get 20% off your next order of EnforceChew, a Whiskers brand product. Alrighty, we're back. Um, well, the topics of this week are going to be entitlement in EFED and the problem with being undefeated. Um, I'm going to let you go. 
Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. Every time, every week we do these, and you're like, Brian, what do you, what do you want to talk about this week? And I'm like, I want to talk about this. And you're like, every week, if you guys, if you guys heard the conversations that go on, like kind of in the backstage of the podcast, everyone's always like, what the hell? <laughs> um, <laughs> they change. So, Trust yeah, me, they I change. I want to talk about being undefeated this week. I want to talk about undefeated, being undefeated, and how to me it's the uh, it's probably the biggest problem in professional wrestling. Um, which sounds like a really weird problem to have. And um, I'm going to actually start with the biggest undefeated name uh, of of all time. You know, the guy who's Mister Undefeated. That's how his career has looked at, and that's Bill Goldberg. Bill Goldberg, Mr. Undefeated, Mr. 176-0, before finally going down to a cattle prod and a jackknife powerbomb at the hands of Kevin Nash at Starcade 1998. <laughs> uh. The thing is, after, after uh, Goldberg lost... To Kevin Nash. All of Mystique was this, gone. This absolutely uh, incredible superstar lost everything that made him interesting. Mm-hmm. Everything that was worth watching about Goldberg died as soon as he lost his undefeated streak. And when I saw that, when I look back at it over time, I look at it as one of the biggest problems in professional wrestling because everybody wants to see that that long undefeated streak i mean we all loved the undertaker's wrestlemania undefeated streak but when you really come down to it when you lose and uh, any any like the undertaker said this uh, if you're undefeated any undefeated streak is meant to be broken mm-hmm so what are you going to do when when you finally lose? If you're that undefeated wrestler out there, what are you going to do when you finally lose? When you finally have to admit that you're not unbeatable anymore. If you don't have a basis to build on, if you don't have a plan going in, you can be epically fucked and um, on the and this actually brings me around to um, a wrestler who we brought in to HKW. And um, out of all the stories that I ever uh, had a part in writing, this one is up there with my favorites. And it's about a guy named Toa the Warrior. I actually wrote the, the if you saw it play out on HKW TV, I actually wrote this without even knowing who would be the guy uh, playing the part. And then I told Chris to go and find me somebody that could fit the mold. And he came back with Toa, which was, Toa, you, you did a great job. Absolutely perfect. You killed it, brother. The whole idea, though, was that we would have this undefeated character who wasn't allowed to return back to his homeland until after he had been beaten in in combat. And... It became a, a struggle. He wasn't allowed by his his own morality to give up and to and to let himself be beaten. 
but every single win was a almost an ongoing curse for himself because he would never be able to go home. He'd never be able to see his family. When he finally was able to lose, that opened up the door to the next stage in the career. And uh, what we were, had HKW not closed its doors, the whole idea was for him to, you know, disappear for a couple months, come back and basically say, okay, you know, guys, I had all these fights and I was never trying to win championships and everything. And I was undefeated. Da, 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 da. I was finally beaten. And now I'm here to win championships. And all of a sudden that opens up a whole new dynamic, a new doorway. And you go, oh, well, well, it, it took it took years for him to be beaten before. Now what's it going to take for him to be beaten again? And you have somewhere where it can go. But unfortunately, the only way to get that is to start that way. If you don't have a plan going in for an undefeated story, then I have bad news for you as an undefeated wrestler if you're out there and listening. You have nowhere to go. At some point, you're going to have to acknowledge that you aren't the best. Maybe it's when you're not a part of the EFED Elite Tournament because you turned coward and ran. But I digress. At some point, you're going to have to come to terms with the fact that your entire career, your entire basis of a gimmick was based off of a winning streak. And without that, you're nothing. If you can't be anything without a winning streak, then you are nothing. Flat out. Period. End of story. Show me how you can be a man, put somebody over, and get over yourself. That's what all of us actually respect in this industry. That's how you actually become a legend. That's how you actually become a Hall of Famer. There's a reason that Goldberg isn't, isn't looked at as a Hall of Famer. It's because at the end of the day, he was a flash in the pan that was all based off of a big goose egg number. Have I made my point? Uh, I think you have. Uh, yeah, I mean, being undefeated is uh, an interesting story dynamic when correctly used. Um, I can't really add too much more to that. You, you basically summed up a lot of the feelings that I've had on that. Uh, the story with Toa... Um, after he loses, I had some ideas um, in regards to that because Toa the Hitman is another version of the character he has where he plays uh, an assassin, and I thought that that would have been an interesting way for him to return. Uh, that would have been quite the dynamic. Uh, I didn't get the pleasure to work with Toa in HKW uh, while he was there, but it was something that was definitely on my bucket list had we continued. Alrighty, uh, moving on. We have entitlement and EFED. So, this is going to be an uncomfortable subject for probably 99% of our listening EFED audience. Oh, good. You are not... I don't, I don't like it when people are sitting comfortable. Yeah. I don't want you to take this personally, but I also do. You are not as good as you think you are. And here's why. You act entitled, and as if you're owed anything, 
from owners, from talent. You walk into places expecting to be given things. When in, in both real wrestling and this, you earn them. And it's, sometimes it's the hard fucking way. Far too often I see too many people walk into the door, demand to be world champions over really petty shit. Um, prime example, there was this gentleman um, in who contacted Daniel Roberts shortly before um, PCW, PCW opened. Um, we, there was already a plan in place. I knew I was going to be the world champion um, going into it, that tournament. Um, and this gentleman basically tried, I don't want to say blackmail, but like strong arm his way into being world champion by offering to do artwork. Um, and then... And this is that, that's an example of entitlement because you think your artwork's that good that you should just be world champ. But the, I find that offensive because you're coming in and saying you don't have to do any work. Fuck you. Um, secondly, this person, then when, when called on it by Daniel, tried to use having autism as an excuse. That's not an acceptable fucking excuse. I, I don't care who you are. You know, everybody has their problems. Daniel revealed that, you know, his issues with him. And the guy basically, you know, he's an, he's an up-and-comer. And I don't want to reveal his name. I'm not, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to bury the guy. But that behavior is unacceptable. That's the kind of behavior that gets you ostracized from the community. You need to do fucking better. And that's that's not even one of the worst examples. Hell, this last week I saw a predominant member of the EFED community... Pull the same shit. Not to that level. But basically, they were brought in to an event. And because they didn't win, they threw a fit and left. Uh, okay. I tried really hard all night, brother. I, I understand. I'm going to get my point across. And I want it, I want uh, okay. it made. I'm biting my tongue. I'm biting it hard. Okay, so I, I know you're out there listening, and I know you know that I know that who you are. That is unacceptable. That is disrespectful to the owners. That is disrespectful to the management. That is disrespectful to your fellow talent. Fuck you. Do fucking better. That's the kind of behavior that guarantees you never being in the Hall of Fame. End of fucking discussion. Okay, okay. I let you. I, I, I backed off. Now I have to go in, though. I have to. I have to. I have to bring this up because this really bothered me. This really upset me, and I've heard this back and forth thing about this individual we're talking about, and this comes into um, exclusivity in a company, saying that you are exclusive to one brand, one Fed, and then showing up in another. Doing uh, doing some work, not winning, and then leaving because oh, uh, I just remembered I'm exclusive again. Coming coming back to us after hearing last week's podcast and saying, oh wait, you know, now I can be in now I can be in the tournament because now I heard what what Brian and Evan had to say about me. Oh, but wait, I'm oh that's right, I'm exclusive, but I can I can be in it. You just have to do all these things that I say you have to do in order for me to be in your tournament. 
like, dude, I know that you know that I'm talking about you. So, in the words of my, my good friend, Evan, here, do fucking better. You want to prove that you're a legend? You want to prove that you're a superstar? You want to prove that you're great? Then, as my buddy Evan likes to say so well, make somebody. Okay, there. I, I, there. I'll back off, man. I had I had to get it off my chest, though. I've been holding that in all week. I, I, I'm with you, and I've, I've had to hold in a lot of stuff myself. It's, it's very infuriating, and it's, it's somebody that I had a, a certain level of respect for, and now I, I have no respect for. Um, and I, I've seen them do it multiple times within a, a short period of time, and quite frankly, it's it surprised me. But at the same time, I shouldn't have been surprised. You know. Why would you be surprised over somebody who, uh, you know, only is going to go somewhere if they're guaranteed that they can win? Well, that that wasn't the surprising part. That that's actually common in EFED. It's more of a, you know, practice what you preach kind of situation. Well, there you go. All right, moving on. Our question of the week from last week. Uh, we asked you guys, what matches are you most excited for in the EFED Elite Invitational? Um, uh, all of them is the correct answer. All of them all is of the them. correct answer. Um, that said, we <laughs> we realized we kind of gave you incomplete information, uh, so. Since we're going to be releasing the brackets tomorrow, we decided to push this question towards next week's podcast. So when the brackets go live, play March Madness, make your predictions. Talk, tell us what your favorite matches that you're most excited to see are. I know there's some mind-blowing matches that you thought you'd never see in EFED happening. I, I would honestly love it. Actually, I was talking with Chris Chaos the other day about this. About just the idea of like getting the tournament brackets and and doing a whole March Madness, filling them in all the way. Like, it'd be fun. I, I think that'd be a lot of fun. It'd personally, be, it'd be a lot of fun. Of you know, I'm a huge sports nut, so anything to to do brackets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna fill them in myself just to see how many I get right and wrong. Hey, yeah, I mean that's one way to to have some fun. Uh, but yeah, since we're pushing that question, we'll do this week's question of the week. So um, with ROH closing down uh, due to incompetence, uh, it was also announced this past week after 16 years that Shimmer, the women's promotion, was shutting down. Um, some heartbreaking news for women's wrestling. I know superstars like Bailey, I think Sasha Banks, and a few others got their start there and or you know were noticed there. Um, it, it's wrestling's kind of in a weird place where it's both thriving and some companies are going under. The companies that are going under aren't because WWE and AEW killed them. It's because they were managed into the ground. They weren't good business models. They weren't making money to justify their existence. You know, as much as I love ROH, Brian knows I'm a huge ROH nut. The last 5-10 years, they've essentially mismanaged themselves out of having AEW. Out of being AEW. You know, um, Shimmer, I don't know their situation. I'm not going to speculate on that. Um, it's sad. But we want to know what your guys' thoughts are on it. I, I think you laid out yours. Mine are very similar. Uh, just, it's it's sad to see um, Shimmer 
specifically closing its doors because to me um certain uh companies glow shimmer um are so influential towards with the women's side of professional wrestling um and we wouldn't have some of the superstars that we've had without them with roh um sinclair (laughs) not the biggest fan of of the parent company um but I am really excited to see those names being uh, Tony Khan already tweeted out a list of former ROH signed names that'll be making their way to AEW. Hey, maybe we'll get to see, hear EC3 talk again. That'll be something cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's it's sad, but there's also opportunities. One door closes, another one opens. Um, you know, here on the podcast, that's we kind of strive to build up people, and I know we just had kind of a semi-aggressive segment, but <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, we believe in building people up, accountability, and for what it's worth, these sad moments in, in wrestling, we look back, we reflect on the closing of the ECW, the closing of ROH, the Shimmers, several other promotions. The wrestling of business is always evolving. It will always evolve. Promotions will open, promotions will close. Cherish the memories you have with these promotions. You know, I remember watching ROH on Saturdays, you know, watching CM Punk and, you know, Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe, all those guys, you know, Monty um, was the alpha male, was on there for a while too, like, mm-hmm. the last man, Silas Young, those guys, like, cherish those memories. Daniels, man, oh. Yeah. Love Love some Chris from Fallen Angel. Ugh, hey, he's from, he's from Kalamazoo, and he knows he's from Kalamazoo. Yep. Like he just pretends he's from California. Right <laughs> Alrighty, well, I think that's going to do it for us, buddy, this week. Um, you know, I think a little bit of this was cathartic. Um, I know you've been holding in a lot of a lot of that, but. Um, yeah. Like like you just said, you know, we uh, on the on the show here, we like to build people up. And even though, yes, that segment that you just mentioned was a little uh, aggressive, I really want it to be understood. I wouldn't be saying that if it wasn't in the hopes of betterment for both that individual and for other people who are listening, who learn who might learn and grow and. And that's what it's really all about for me. So yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, I don't want this individual to to fail. I want them to succeed. I want them to to reach new heights. Like, I'm not gonna shit on them for trying to do the best they can for themselves. But don't play games with other people's time and and energy. Like, it's disrespectful. And as human beings, we need to be decent human beings to one another. And I would rather us all rise up together. And come together as a community. Something that I want to really stress here, and maybe I should have brought this up at you know an earlier segment in the podcast. We can talk more about it next week if you want. But one of the biggest things that'll get you ahead in a real wrestling locker room is learning to be humble and learning to listen to people who have been around the block and who have done this thing for a while. Both Evan and I, uh, we decided to do this podcast 
because we've been around the block and we've been doing this thing for a while and we've done it on a level that um, a lot of other people haven't had the opportunity to. We're trying to give you some insight here. So please don't don't take this as just a baseless attack. This is this is tough love. Tough is what it is. Tough love backed up with evidence and receipts. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you next week. Make sure to check out the uh, EFED Elite Tournament Brackets coming out at 6 p.m. tonight. And um, also make sure to pick up your Enforced Chew at all uh, fine retailers using the code Standards of Greatness to get 20% off if you go to EnforcedChew.com. Until next week, I have been the Alpha Angel, Brian Mead. And I have been the Wrestling God, Evan Jones. We'll see y'all later. Peace. Good night, everybody.